Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is yeah. this like, are we just touring where we have military bases that we're trying to keep other dictatorships in check? <laughs> kind like, of. It, kind yeah. of, but, but also where they Hi, hide, darling. Where they hide hey. the money from that is also where they have these things, right? Ah, uh, money laundering. Yes, everything is money it's laundering. Su- it's good. It, it sucks, too, because you're like, man, Abu Dhabi, this is like a terrible fucking, terrible economy, terrible government, terrible, like everything. And you look at the track and you're like, ooh, cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. You are listening to the Internet's only college football podcast. I am Spencer Hall, and I am overjoyed to bring you the following experts, football aficionados, my co-host Jason Kirk, a.k.a. FCS Daddy, a.k.a. DJ FCS, a.k.a. FCF Strike Force One. Uh, he is... I'm just going to go ahead and appoint him. You're the unofficial commissioner of FCS football. I know there's other, like, you know, nerdier people who want that title. I'm giving it to you because you got the power and the moxie to make things happen. You know, the um, the guy who is actually the person who most frequently catches heat for FCS stuff uh, for mm-hmm. years, he was the head of the <clears throat> FCS playoff selection committee. His name's Richard Johnson. So... Our beloved colleague <laughs> Richard Johnson every every year on FCS Selection Sunday is like just gonna just gonna close the mentions for a little while because somebody's yelling at me about fucking Elon or Furman or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, like, uh, it is a, it is a hotly disputed title, but I'm I'm coming for you, Richard Johnson. 15, Other Richard Johnson. 
15 super pissed off Saluki fans are like, listen <laughs> up, pal. Give you, you, don't, a piece you don't of my respect mind. our competitive loss to Purdue. <laughs> also joining us is uh, Holly Anderson, who I'm going to call you the Duchess of FCS football. You feel about Duchess? Is that a proper rank? It sounds sumptuous, uh, but I just got to say, in my day, wooden domes were for velocipedes. <laughs> this is what what wonders await us at F, the level of FCS football, by the way, which is, yes, being played this spring across these United States in venues such as the Kibby Dome, which we're going to get to in a minute. It's a wooden dome, and it ain't the only one. There are a number of actual wooden domed stadiums. I discovered wooden dome Twitter today. They are fervent. There are people who really love these gigantic fire traps. Oh, I've is this been like the people dome who... all day to the tune of Wilson Phillips hit single lonely one. <laughs> wooden dome, wooden dome. Is is wooden dome Twitter like people who post pictures of the Shire? Like K- kind of, but but I indoors. long to return. I long to return to the wooden domes. They're people who post these, like, I think they just have a thing for, like, beautiful exposed wooden rafters. Yeah, also, Paul Petrino has definitely got some kind of wound that's never healing. Yes. Speaking of Wilson Phillips' immortal classics, Paul Petrino, probably in need of a good therapeutic listen to the entire catalog after his traumatic experience coaching Idaho and not really bringing them back from back to anything. (laughs) <laughs> no, that if he holds on, things will go his way. Yeah. If you hold on, things won't be okay at Idaho. Jason, you're here to explain something to us, which is that this was this was as disastrous, chaotic, and unpredictable a week in FCS football as we would see in any week in FBS, correct? So for a few years now, we've had a thing yeah. on this program, right? A term term for when shit really goes awful. Ryan was the first priest of this term. I've taken on the role of... Uh, uh, Ryan was the prophet. I've taken on the role of priest. I, I, I manage the records. Um, and each football season, every time a team ranked number like nine in FBS loses, people begin blowing up our mentions to say, was this it? Was this it? Is this a blood week? Is it happening? Is it happening? We didn't get one in 2019, and that was fucked up. Mm-mm. We didn't really get one in 2020 because there weren't enough teams playing in order to meet the true criteria of, you know, lots of top 10 teams losing plus carnage elsewhere. Well, (laughs) here in the very early FCS season, we have had one of the most absurd blood weeks ever. Let me just run down, and I might even be missing a team or two, but uh, this, this absolute carnage in the FCS rankings. Number 24, Elon, lost by 22 to not, <laughs> unranked Gardner-Webb. Number 22, Damn. Tarleton State, lost by 12 to unranked Dixie State. Number 19, McNeese, lost by 28 to unranked Incarnate Word. Ooh. Number 12, Eastern Washington, lost to unranked Idaho. We'll circle back to that. Yeah, yeah, Number 11, Wofford, lost by 11 to unranked Chattanooga. Number 10, Furman, lost to unranked VMI. Number seven, Illinois State, lost to unranked South Dakota. Number three, South Dakota State, second bad week in a row on the full cast, lost by 11 to North Dakota. And number one, North Dakota State, lost by 24 to Southern Illinois. Um, I mean, those last two alone might do it, but we have all this other shit. 
let's contextualize that a little bit just so we can back up, let everybody In case know. you don't know a damn thing about FCS, I just said Super Alabama lost by 24 points mm-hmm. to Southern yeah. Illinois. Yeah, among other things, this is a great, uh, a, a great reminder that we try to deliver at least once every year. When it's a blood week, you don't actually have to ask whether it's a blood week. It's obvious. God, this is God taking it out. If you have owl. to ask, it's not a blood week. Yeah. Because when it is a blood week, it looks like this. And we might get a laugh off about Alabama losing, like, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, truth is, Alabama's going to drop, you know, one a year. That's, that's generally, you know, they'll, they'll drop about one a year. And we're used to that. Uh, when was the last time North Dakota State, State lost? Uh, 39 games ago. This is... The way Alabama lost to Clemson a couple years ago, it is that, but if Clemson was South Carolina, okay? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a spicy meatball. Because the Salukis, they're, they're good. They're fine. They're fine? They're fine. They're always pretty yeah. tough. They're pretty tough. It's, it's an insult to call them South Carolina, actually, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're more so of a would, spurrier what Carolina. A better, what would be a more fitting SEC analog? Uh, just any Salukis? any very very well like, wait no they weren't even in conference this is like you know if bama lost its this would be like if bama lost its season opener to like virginia tech or something yeah that's, like that's normal virginia tech and yeah. got its now, ass whooped yeah, yeah got, or yeah. wisconsin like if wisconsin turned up in i i don't know in houston for a kickoff classic featuring alabama and waxed them got drug yeah the, and everyone is, just looked at it and said like you can't point and laugh because look at what happened elsewhere in the rankings. You think this is going to spare you? You think you're good? You're going to cruise into the playoffs and, oh, you're going to beat the Bison now because they're vulnerable? I don't know. Maybe now they're just incredibly angry. So the yeah. other thing about this is – Oh, my God, is, Jason, you warned about this in our FCS preview where you said what happens if you beat the Bison in the regular season. You just made them mad. Yeah, except, yeah, exactly. I don't know about now. <laughs> it's gonna take I'm, a lot like they're energy. definitely mad. I just don't know what they're gonna do about it. <laughs> I don't know Listen, if they can get quite mad enough. So like Car- in FBS, you have a week like this, and we know who's out, right? You know, all these teams are now out of the title race. FCS, this didn't mean a fucking thing. <laughs> That's yeah. the beauty of it. <laughs> but you still get to claim it. That's also great. It's counted, right? like- and everyone gets to uh, I don't know, make it worse next week. Double down on it. Yeah. Think about all the effort, time, data, focus, study, concentration that goes into creating a college football ranking that one might consider sensical. All the stats that now go into it. All of the arguments that people can make, uh, you know, comparing one team to another. Now, I want you to imagine the paucity of information and data that you have at the FCS level. Those rankings, oh, they're set up for drama. I actually really like this. I'm now, like, speaking in favor of bad rankings. But bad rankings, rankings are awesome. Things- Rankings yeah. are awesome. We love rank. Like people say, they don't like rankings. Come on, Bullshit. everyone loves rankings because people when team like with little number like loses, I like bad rankings. I want inaccurate bad. All rankings. rankings are bad. Yes, but I want really bad ones so I can get <laughs> massive upsets. Right? That's what I want. I want wildly inaccurate ones. Now the, that was on the macro scale, the craziest thing to happen. But in this continuing, like. Our continuing monitoring of the situation. I think that's a good way as to how we're sort of covering FCS football. It's not the weirdest thing to happen on the micro level. It's not the smallest thing that made the least sense, right? It wasn't the biggest tiny disaster. No, we're no, gonna, no, no, no. We're going to zoom in on one of these. Yeah. yeah, we're we're back to wooden domes. All right. Unless we've forgotten something crazy like I don't know Alabama losing to Arkansas Central. 
right? Like that's if we lost if if Alabama played a game against Central Arkansas and lost this past weekend, Jason, please remind Good me. Save. All right. Yes, yes, that happened. I like calling them Arkansas Central. That's, no, that no, feels you, more regional. That's also not a good save. Folks, we know it's uh, Central Arkansas. Spencer doesn't. Please direct all complaints to him at Bud Elliott. He's going to... You know what? It's Central Arkansas. They might show up at my door and challenge me. Might happen. Um, so this made so this thing that we're talking about made so little sense that we figure we actually had to bring in not just a special guest, but somebody who... Not only has been in this building. Why are you introducing now? He's been talking the whole time. I know, I know, but somebody for whom I think we've we've never really formally introduced him, but he's been a part of the show forever. People he's been hear on every him episode. every single week. Yeah, they Spencer, do. What, I know you never pay attention to the show, but even for you, this is a lot. You know, there's other people out there like me, and I'm trying to help them. I hope not. Okay. Oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they're out there. Brian Floyd, the legend. How we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, you think I'm going to talk? <laughs> God, Brian, you're screaming. What the oh, hell? Oh, also, oh. I'm sorry I just called you Brian. That felt weird. Yeah, that means do that weird. Again. What are you guys doing here? So we're here to, Buddy, we don't we're to talk about the Kibbe Dome? What happened? We're gonna we're gonna bring in something so bizarre happened at the Kibby Dome that we have to bring in an expert in all things Palouse. If you don't know, the Palouse and the Greater Eastern Washington, kind of uh, a Stephen Kingish like phantom zone of existence, right? Is that a good way so, to start to describe it? I can't believe so I waited this joke since, last since week to not call it in a Palousing effort. So my background, hey, uh, since since Spencer's good at this, is that I went to Wazoo. My wife went to Idaho for her undergrad, and I was also, and this is where the full expertise comes in, at the final meeting between Boise State and Idaho, which, as we remember from our EDSBS days, is the most violent rivalry rivalry in college football, for reasons we had no idea existed before. Real hate, real real deep. real hate, just big no, we got into Idaho this last angry week. hate. This is this is a couple weeks in a row of just primo content for Boise State fans entirely by accident. Yeah. And as our as our resident expert in the Palouse uh, and the general, you know, eastern Washington, western Idaho metropolitan area, we're going to ask that you help us explain what happened in eastern Washington's game against Idaho this weekend. So I think that you need to explain first where they play, which is the Kibbe Dome. And the best way I can describe the Kibbe Dome is they built a barn between two hills on uneven land and made it a stadium. And it's kind of like a field house with one of those rounded mm-hmm. domes. And it doesn't really sit level, and you kind of have to walk in at a certain like level in it. Um, and it really just kind of looks like a mistake that shouldn't have been a football stadium. It is so weird that when Idaho needed to recertify to be in D1, they couldn't do it at the Kibbe Dome. They had to come on over to the, to, to Pullman because their stadium was too small and too um, funky. So that's where we're starting here, a weird-looking stadium in the middle of nowhere. What happened this weekend was a referee was not paying attention, and a field goal kick went through the uprights in this weird stadium, bounced off the scoreboard, came back into the field of play, and was declared a miss. Yeah, the referee looking up. 
Oh, no, he didn't make, look up. No, he, he did not look up. No, that man was walking around. That man was doing, doing, the, uh, doing, doing the slide, doing the shuffle. Yeah. Cha-cha real smooth, y'all. That, that man was moving. Yeah, because normally referees standing right out there, supposed to look up, call it from underneath the goalpost. It's post. your only job. Stand in the oh. spot, look straight up, and let us know what happens. Right? Dude was wandering. Oh. He was a rambling. He was free-ranging it. <laughs> see you can't tell him see he's just like one of these it's like just too free up there in the range exactly he's just one of these western rancher types just city folk don't in. understand how out here we can't be tied down fcs referee cliven bundy yeah this is this was some libertarian he's probably more of a texas booster at this point this was some libertarian <laughs> refereeing and by that i mean it was incompetent uh and poorly thought out and in missing this, said no good, and then the game just kind of went on. <laughs> well, so we have another architectural problem here, which is uh, camera angles. Because, again, mm-hmm. Kibby Dome is a mess. And so you can review plays in college football. That's fine. Uh, the camera didn't aim high enough. And so they couldn't see <laughs> where the ball hit. Which, talk about one <laughs> job. Like, one job with a machine is I would argue even worse than one job with a people. I don't know. That camera might have been like a, a wildlife camera left behind, like a webcam. <laughs> it's just like, a trail you know. cam that they left on yeah. a post on the yeah, other side. Yeah, it's some deer. Field. It's it's some elk yeah, hunter's trail cam. Don't tell this camera it's not doing its job. It's supposed to be watching for walruses. No, no I don't. I don't know if anybody's touched that camera in like five years. That's a very fair point. It's it's a motion detector camera. Actually, they just <laughs> leave it there. And you've 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 been in this building. It's bad, right? Like it's it's, it's like it's like not a it's not a good sit. I have a no, derailing no, I question. Be Did y'all hear that this. bang just now? No. Yes. Okay. No. Nobody outside of okay. Never mind. If nobody outside the house heard it, we'll explain it later. Oh, good. My neighbor is storing unidentified steel drums in his backyard with big old hazard stickers on them. No clue oh, what good. any of them are. And in the heat and the cold, they expand and contrast and make these huge booming noises, and we don't know what's in there. I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's got to be. Fine. I think it's got to be. It's got to be Zach sauce. <laughs> oh, that would make me feel much better. <laughs> it's just big tubs of may- mayonnaise. That would actually worry me a lot. Hey man, Ugh. it is hazardous. Anyway, please continue. So you've you've been in that building. It is not a good building. This was um, this was explained by the Big Sky in a statement regarding the botched call as being largely a fault of the building. This is the first time I have... Disagree. That's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) I'm not... First of all. I'm not really one to defend the Kibbe Dome. I understand that there are a number of Kibbe Dome stands out there who really like this thing. I think it kind of makes me vaguely nauseated to watch it, just that light. It just (laughs) seems unhealthy. It seems unhealthy to be in the Kivy Dome for too long. Like there's some kind of lingering radiation that seeped into the rafters, and you probably shouldn't be close to it. That's probably because I think the building looks like the Chernobyl containment unit. Go compare the two. They what look, happened there? Um, something that was a lot cleaner than the outcome of most Idaho football games. Um, but yeah, it's it not also a, was poorly officiated. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, that, by the way, like. It's not like the, the Kibbe Dome is alone in terms of Ida- people in Idaho not knowing how to build stadiums. Um, it is a wooden dome. It's not dome. even the worst one in Idaho. No, Idaho State's is worse. 
Idaho State's what? the Holt Center. Jason? No, I mean, I'm expressing disbelief, but I will listen to the case. Yeah, worse how? Um, so the... I had this incorrect on Twitter earlier and w- learned. And this is what? And the best part about this is that people will. Los expl- Tweety Boys came up short. <laughs> Los Tweety Boys got Wooden Dome Twitter on their ass, and I got the Kibby Dome's orientation explained to me. It is correct in one sense that the arc of the roof goes across the width of the field, not the length of the field. So you don't have what you could have in a stadium of this shape, which is the stupidity of sloping roof coming down at the end zones, meaning basically your uprights would have to be almost anchored into the ceiling and you'd have kickers just nailing kicks off of the uh, the ceiling, the back of the building, every field goal that you try, right? Why is that bad? I don't know. I would do it every time if I were a kicker. I would just nail it into the metal just to hear the noise, right? Um, that's not what Idaho State did. Idaho State put it the other way. So, yeah, the field is in itself like it slopes down toward the end so that uh, extra points, field goal attempts are basically all going off this curved wall in the back. Like you're playing inside a huge Quonset hut. This is it like when baseball have those like those ground rules where it's like, okay, if a fly ball hits a speaker and <laughs> for like for like the King Dome or the Tropicana Dome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except they didn't really take care of that part in Idaho. So like the ball hit the scoreboard and everyone was like, What do we do? That's what happened this weekend. Like no one knew what to do when the ball hit the scoreboard and they couldn't see where it hit it. Again, no one knew, including the team who plays in it. <laughs> I don't think they've what seen this problem this before. Stadium feature. Like it's one of those we talk, we joke about college football seeing something new every week, and like I don't think Idaho's seen this problem before. What's up, cat? Is that cat oh, that's my baby? baby. That's my baby. What's up, little man? That is, uh, yeah. What he's saying is he's saying don't let Idahoans build stadiums. Don't. Y'all like, know that the, the the University of Idaho Stadium was actually built like multiple times, and the first one was wood. And there were a bunch of disasters, and they eventually just built part of a stadium, and they were like, uh-oh, let's put a roof on it. That's why it looks like it does. You know, now, you, know it's, you know, it's off to a good auspicious start when the Wikipedia entry says, after the destruction by fire of the previous stadium. You go, oh, okay. Municipal architecture disasters coming this summer. We, we're doing really well. I do um, appreciate that the one thing they did was take that wall. I think the wall actually where that kick hit. The Idaho fight song is digitized on that wall, and it is in like color, basically. So the whole thing's cursed, but basically Idaho won because of that wall. So congrats. Also, doesn't it have? It has like a beautiful mural of a sunrise on the outside. No, that's not a sunrise. That's the fight song, baby. Oh, it's the whole fight song. Okay, yeah, yeah the mural. It's, it's a quote-unquote digitized fight song. It looks like a sunrise, but it is the Idaho fight song, including the IDH blah blah blah, put on the wall. I had someone in my mentions say, hey, little known fact about that, that was painted by prisoners, and I know because my dad was one. <laughs> that was what I had <laughs> So Idaho. Son, I did that. Well, when'd you do that, Dad? When I was in the pokey. Got a little too drunk at Pocatello, woke up, I'm, I'm sitting here painting a digital fight song. It's crazy. Like, what did no, you do in Idaho to get that work release? Vandalism. Va- uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> We plead guilty. <laughs> Too full of vandal. Meanwhile, a Boise State fan is like, that should be punishable by death. I hate Idaho. The 
Um, that is our, I think that's a pretty solid review of, of everything there. By the way, Wooden Dome Twitter, I love you. I love you. We got all kinds of stuff. Northern Michigan, first of all, there is a Northern Michigan. Second of all, they have their own dome that looks like the car Shredder drove in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like his tank. And it is a wooden dome. A wooden dome in northern Michigan that looks like some sort of little slice of, like, Finland in the middle of northern Michigan. Not that they're really distinguishable from each other. A little slice of Finland. A little mm -mm -mm. slice of Finland. Oh. Mm -mm -mm. The first time we ever get good emails from Michigan fans. That's, <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Sisu. Um, tonight, I wanted to cover another thing of... Uh, the silly season of the off season of the, the, the pseudo season that is the FCS season for us, which is, I wanted to sell you all like every off season. I'm like, I will try to watch a sport. I don't watch a whole lot or I don't watch enough. And I'm here to sell you on one of my, like not even methadone. It's just an alternative drug of choice of mine. Are you ready to hear me out? What kind of high are we talking about? I'm talking about one that's not like, maybe not a week to week thing, but it's definitely something that you'll try. Okay. And it's something that once you get it is an expensive, but really, really unique and enduring kind of high. Okay. How's that? All right. I'm listening. All right. Because I'm here to sell you on Formula One racing. You should watch more F1. That's what I'm saying. Everyone should watch more F1 because I think F1 has a lot of the same factors that we love in college football. Um, it's just not quite as the one you don't have to digest quite as much of it because there's only one race going on and only one circuit instead of like five different circuits and you know, 50 games a weekend. And um, it's also shorter. It's, it's usually shorter. If, if y'all are even like used to NASCAR, which you know, NASCAR I don't know. You watch Daytona, you might be in for like 11 hours of delays. Somebody crashes the jet dryer on the track or the big one Happy happens. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Or if it rains and the big one happens on lap 15, you might be finishing this thing at 3 a.m. That's not happening in F1. Why not? Uh, because they're European and they don't have the endurance or commitment. It's too expensive. They're like. Okay. Did you hear that bang? Because it just happened again. Yes. No. I heard that. No, you're in the room. I want to know if they hear it. Okay. No. Okay. Um, I'm mad that this is going to result in our deaths and no one is going to have heard the scary noises. I assume that F1 can't actually do, like, th this is the thing. There also are no rain delays in F1. Wait, do you mean they just keep going or they cancel entirely? No, they just keep going. Oh, okay. In cars that are basically planes that drive on the ground, they, they go in the rain. They're just like, oh, this is a good idea. And they can do that now because there's been, you know... 50 years of continuous improvement and safety protocols. Originally they did it and were just like, ah, if you die, you die. Sorry. Guys used to just end up at the trees in like Belgium during the race at spa. They'd just be like, Oh, I don't know. I guess that's just the thing that happens. Didn't even have ambulances out there. Uh, yeah. F one's real. F one is very, F one is cool. F one's very exciting. F one is a complete mess in the ways that college football is a complete mess. Um, but before we start, I want to go ahead and break you in with a little quiz to see, uh, just to put you in the right frame of mind, okay? 
Yeah. Are you are, are you all ready for this? Yeah. Okay. I like to call it F1 driver or obscure car model. Why do you like to call it that? Because I'm going to ask you two names. One of them is an F1 driver, right? A real F1 driver who drove more than 80 races, so a significant career. Not some dude I picked out who had like two races once. No. And one of these is an obscure car brand and one of their models. And I want to see if they are indistinguishable. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Are we each uh, giving our answer or are we, are we um, working together? Uh, you can, uh, I think, work together to give one. That's probably the simplest way to do it. All right. Number one. Venusia Star or Valtteri Botas? Oh, we got one of each. Yes, there's one of each. Now, which one is the, which one is the F1 driver? Hmm. Please say them again. Venusia Star or Valtteri Bottas. I got nothing. Hmm. Floyd, are you still there? Shit. <laughs> I know he's there. The he's. One. I know he's there. He's just not saying anything. Yeah, just. Oh, he's saying uh, plenty. When he I know says Floyd. At I know all. Floyd knows more about cars than I do. Um, Venusia Star or Valtteri Botas? What I would like to believe is that uh, Botas is the person because I like that name for a person. See, I was going to say I feel like it would be funny if they had a car named Botas. <laughs> okay, let's. But let's also, go that, that would be a funny name for a race car driver. Uh, which is funnier, though? Oh, shit. Ryan's not here. Venusia I say, I Star. Say, a a guy Valtteri named Botas. Hey, I'm Bodass. Bonjour, je suis Bodass, because it's F1. Yeah. Right, I okay. Mean, that would be pretty funny if they were signing their name V. You say Bo his name was Terry Bodass? V. Bodass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Terry Bodass. You remember Terry Bodass? Come on, this down is my, to the bro this my brother Tommy Bodass. There's our daddy Bobby Bodass. <laughs> that is a NASCAR name. Hey, Bobby Bodass. <laughs> uh, Jeffy Bodass. <laughs> oh you know Went what got himself a uniqlo sponsorship i got some bad news and i got some good news for you okay the bad news is that there is no boat ass racing dynasty that i am aware of the good <laughs> news is that 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 valtteri Bodas is a finnish f1 driver currently racing on the circuit and the venusia star is a chinese sedan so so what i'm hearing is that we were right you were correct you're one so for one that's two points. We got we got two 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 correct answers in one round, so we got two points. Yeah, I'll, we'll grant you two. Go ahead. Uh, next, the let's see, Zotia EV or Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> Pastor Maldonado. Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> Pastor Maldonado. Slow down, Pastor. Pastor Maldonado. That slut stole my Bible. Pastor Maldonado, what you doing in Bahrain? <laughs> getting donations. I think it sounds like we have consensus here. Just like our good Quaker friend, Pastor Maldonado. That is correct. Pastor Maldonado was the F1 driver, and the Zotia EV is a Chinese electric car. Four points. Three. Four points. Number three. Think of this as qualifying. We could almost beat North Dakota State with this total. Timo Glock or Leopard <laughs> Matu? 
Timo Glock. That's that's a NASCAR sponsorship right there. In the number Dude. seventeen Glock car. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the fellow over there with the black rifle sticker. Timo Timo Glock was on that Young Dolph mixtape. He was amazing. <laughs> Timo Glock or Lepard I just like to thank Matu. my sponsors, Glock. <laughs> Glock and Little Debbie. <laughs> I'm Timo Glock for Raising Cream Pie. <laughs> um, I'm just going to choose to be joyous no matter what Timo Glock is. I'm just glad those combination of syllables are afoot in the universe. So which one is the driver? I didn't even oh, hear the other one, but I vote for Timo <laughs> Glock as the driver. I, I will tell you this. It's Leopard Matu, and I will tell you, it's Leopard spelled with L-E-O-P-A-A-R-D. That's got to be M-A-A-T-U. That's a I gotta car tell you, I'm car. more sold on F1 than I've ever been just after hearing these four names. Well, Jason is correct. It is Timo Glock is is an actual F1 driver. <laughs> Six his points. Name is, his name is damn Timo Glock. As for me and my house, Leopard Matu is another Chinese car. But we're not going to stick with the Chinese ones forever because I'm going to run out of them eventually. Ah, this one I now, think. Now, Spencer, I thought F one was largely a European concern. What what nations do we have competing here? Well, you you it tend sounds to get, like the dang Olympics. And drivers, you do tend to get from a large number of places. Um, there are British, I know, but I think of them as being like all Italian or Belgian or something like that. There one are, of the ones where they smoke a lot. There are a number. No of, offense to China and their robust smoking culture. You have you have drivers from latin america you have uh, particularly brazilians uh and a couple of mexicans you also have uh drivers from around europe you have uh there is a japanese driver on the circuit this year um and uh, you know usually have a good healthy sampling of scandinavians including the legendary kimi raikkonen my favorite driver of all time i will explain to you why he is great and i believe you will all appreciate him instantly upon the description because you'll go oh yeah you would like him um but that's typically where drivers are from getting into f1 it ain't cheap it is it is generally a sport for the subsidized or the wealthy and an example of that by the way is lance stroll because lance stroll is a current f1 driver whose dad owns the team so when has that ever happened before? Yeah, yeah. It's a meritocracy. Well, actually, Lance Stroll's like a good driver, but the thing is, you couldn't be out there and not be a good driver because you'd die. Hmm. You just, they wouldn't let you out there eventually, even if your dad owned the team. So, especially if you were dead. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, number four F1 car, F1 driver, or obscure car model. Uh, the, the, I'll, I'll refer to them both as cars just to, to blind them for you. The Pierre Luigi Martini or the Haval Chulian. <laughs> that one of them Please had tell Luigi. me Pierre Luigi Martini is a dude. Yeah, yeah that, Although, that one had that, it had Luigi in it. Nice try. I I believe <laughs> it is a dude. I would love for it to be a car. It really would be a wonderful car. Unfortunately for me, y'all are four for four and have eight points because the Pierre Luigi Martini, he is the driver. You just can't rig us. We are too powerful. Pierre Luigi Martini. Now I'm guessing he <laughs> is from Israel. It's Chinese. Ah. Pierre yeah. Luigi. Bongiorno. Wait, Pierre Luigi Martini. <laughs> I believed you for a second. Uh, next, the Dacia. Wait, San is he really Chinese? No. Okay. No, he's very Italian. Okay. Six, that is as, as, as Italian. You're very, you're very dry. 
That almost got me. Dacia Sandero or the Martin Brundle? <laughs> Howdy, by, folks. My name's Martin Grundle. Martin. <laughs> that's made by, like, Wisconsin Motors. <laughs> the Martin Brundle. That's a Martin car. Martin Brundle is a, wonderful, is a wonderful brandy. So you say the Martin Brundle is the car? I say God, so. I hope so. Yes, it is the driver. The Daisy of Sandero is the uh, is yet yet another yet another that the Daisy of Sandero sounds too much like the the Oldsmobile Alero for me to not get it confused. Can I, I can I tell you this that that the Daisy of Sandero is the rare Bulgarian car. Ooh, mm. oh, yes. that doesn't sound promising. Yeah, I know this because I have a Bulgarian family. Yes, not yeah. By the way. Another dog. I, I, I got a lot of Bulgarian relatives. I don't want any of them making a car. In case you wonder whether we're having a crisis as a nation in our identity, the answer is yes. Because did we make a car that was actually called the Big Dog? No, a Chinese automaker made a car. Oh God damn it! The, we're being beaten at our own game. We're being beaten at our own Big Chungus game. Okay, <laughs> we're being beaten at our own. Hardy's Thick Burger branding because a Chinese automaker called Haval made an SUV called the Great Wall Haval Big Dog. God damn, damn it. I know. Joe Biden, know. get your ass Joe on this. <laughs> <laughs> Why ain't we got Joe a bigger Biden, dog? When you're Why done we... excusing the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi, could you get on this? The all-new Chevrolet Clifford. <laughs> Ryan, you've never made a better entrance. <laughs> that was a swan dive into yeah, a sea of your own perfect. haters. Oh. Oh. Baby boy, it's good to hear you. Hi. You guys, please continue. I don't want to interrupt the game. Hey, you just, well, you interrupted Floyd, but uh, you can hear him. <laughs> Sorry. You can hear him going on there in the background. Sorry. Go, go, oh. on, go on, Floyd. We've, finish that thought. We've got, we have two, we have Spencer, two more. Interrupting Floyd. Oh, I know. I'm so rude. Two more to go. <laughs> Um, which, by the way, that was that was your first miss. That was your first miss because, damn it, I want the Martin Brundle to be a car too. Like, hey, I'm driving a Brundle. Oi, I'm Martin Brundle. I'm hey, sorry, babe. It's Martin hey, babe, Brundle. hop in my Brundle. <laughs> Is this the time to bring up the list of uh, quarantine-addled claims that we have made about our uh, about our strengths this week? Um, yes, you might have to remind me of a few of them. Yours is my favorite because you have said in your quarantine delirium that you are impervious to dairy. I am impervious to dairy. You said you have a gooch of steel. Who made the worst claim? They're both very bad, but related, okay. if you think about it. Okay. One could have the other. Okay. Anyway, the it's possible we've been hanging out too much. The last two. We've got two more to go. I am impervious to dairy is the thing. Well, you can you can tell me which one of these is the F1 driver right. th that might be impervious to dairy. Is it Luke's Gen U6 or is it Yuki Tsunoda? Would you like to climb in this Luke's Gen U6 or this beautiful Yuki Tsunoda? Depending on how many X's are in Luke's Gen U6, that is a big 12 quarterbacks turned receiver. How many X's and Y's are in that? One X, no Y's. Mm. Inconclusive. I could also see Luke's Gen U6 as a uh, BYU player. Do you want to tell Ryan player. what we are doing? Ryan, we are playing F1 driver or obscure car sure. model. 
Yep. College football. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Look no, who's we talking already talked Batman. about Batman. <laughs> That's fair. Luke's Jin U6 or Yuki Tsunoda. Climb into this Luke's Jin U6 or this sporty Yuki Tsunoda. I'm going to say the second one is the car. I like that too. A uh, Yuki. Driving you driving my Yuki. You you keys like keys turn you, on a car. You know, that's an excellent guess because both of these are This is madman shit, y'all. Yeah, uh but you're incorrect. Yuki Tsunoda, current driver on the F1 grid for Damn the 2021 it. season. And the Lux Gen U6 is a yet another Chinese hybrid. So this one is um, not hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Team meeting. Um, Holly, every time we have guessed based on which is the better sounding driver, we've gotten it right. Every time we've guessed based on which is the best sounding car, we've got it wrong. So we gotta All get right, that. Alright, guiding in principle. I'm pretty sure you're gonna get this last one and I don't care because I just wanted to say both of these names out loud. The Nino Farina <laughs> or the Dockervort Blisterberg. The what? Wow. Dockervort Blisterberg. Did you say the Dogger? Dockervort. Oh, that's worse. Better. The Dockervort Blisterberg. Dockervort. The Donk? The Dockervort Blisterberg. That is either, uh, man, that's a great car. That's also a great high school nickname. Oh, it's the donk is here. <laughs> oh, now it's a party. Donkerino, the donker vort. Hey, it's the fucking donk. <laughs> the donker vort, Bilsterberg, or the Nino Farina car or F1 driver. Which one is the F1 driver? I want them. I want them both to be donk. <laughs> I want everybody to be the donk. Man, we just said we weren't picking based on which one sounds like the better car, but how could that second one not be a car? Because it could be a guy named Donk. That's very true. Ryan, uh, what do you think? I, I'm going to lean towards Nino Farina being a person and not a car. Okay, that's a very Because good point if it's also. an Italian car, like... That's not They're a sexy. They're not going to call it car a Nino. It's a right, little car. Right. And it's not, it doesn't have like a sexy undercurrent to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, every... what if it's, uh, <laughs> what if it's intentionally ironic? What if it's, but Italy's not big on it. Italy's not big on subtlety. Yeah. What is the name of this car? Uh, this is the Lamborghini ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be an ass. Yeah, Italy doesn't understand. Like, yeah, they, they did really that. I'm not that. like joking. That's that's what Lamborghini Countach is. They, <laughs> what? Yeah. Lamborghini what? Kuntash, Wait, you're the, telling me Countach has always meant exactly what we joked in fifth grade about it meaning? It is. It is slang for a hot ass. Yeah. Okay. That is. Wow. That is. It is Piemonte's slang, slang for a hot ass. That is what the Lamborghini Countach was. So all those kids who were like me, who were like eight years old, and they're like, Lamborghini Countach is the coolest car, Countach. They're just saying hot ass in Italian over and over and over. They were saying donk, basically, in Italian. I can, I can't, mm, I'm not having any trouble imagining like Brooks and Dunn doing a show uh, with like, like a tour named that. Yeah. That would, that would be, listen, you, you hang your donker vort under my neon moon, and then <laughs> we'll get to know each other. Um, yeah. The, but by the way, like Lamborghini is like Lamborghini will have a car eventually that is just like this is the throbbing gristle. 
<laughs> what is this one called? This is called the big penis. That's the name of this car. It's a raging hard on. I think I think like Dodge is racing them there. We'll see who gets Dodge there is first. so close. Sure. Dodge already had Dodge the cock. Dodge had the Magnum, which embraced like so many things all at once, right? Like gigantic dick condom, gun, huge gun, and uh, Tom big Selleck. thing of champagne. And mm. Tom Selleck. Like, the Tom Dodge Selleck's reverse mortgage. Tom, Tom Selleck's going to love you to death in this car. <laughs> it basically looked like a gigantic like station wagon. Yeah. So... Really, we all win by hearing both of these names. But, Ryan, you are correct yes. that Nino Farino is, in fact, yes, not so it, it, it is too subtle a name for an Italian car because it doesn't actually mean, like, heaving bosom. <laughs> I call this car the panting ante. Yeah, this is the, not. God damn, dude. Yeah, this is not even subtle enough to make mid-range Italian car. Uh, the Donkervort Bilsterberg is a is a car. It is a car. So What, what kind of car is it? It's Dutch. Okay. It's Dutch. Sure. Uh, I can picture Man, it now. Man, the Dutch have a lot to answer for this week. They really do. They really do. But I think they redeem themselves by having an obscure car brand that is the Donkervort. I was looking at a catalog of tulip bulbs, and there was a gladiolus specialist named Dick Groot. Dick Groot. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but uh, it, the best is that the caption under his name said gladiolus specialist. Like, I bet. Think about the... Yeah, I bet. Think about the swag of walking Ask out. Ask your Nana. She knows. <laughs> she knows about her gladiolus. We call this flower lust auntie. That's the name of this car. <laughs> The auntie who gets hot and bothered from flowers. You have a great Italian accent, and I don't think I've ever told Grazie. you that. Grazie. <laughs> um, so this was also the the way for me to ease you into all of the ways in which you should absolutely uh, really appreciate F1 as college football fans. Yeah, thank you for putting us in the shallow in there. Yeah. Um, first of all, Alabama's going to win. We're all used to that and appreciating the sport anyway. Guess what? Mercedes is going to win in F1 because F1 has these long streaks where, like, uh, one team has all the money and all the information and the best driver, and they just destroy people for like four, five, six, sometimes seven years at a stretch. When yeah. you say all the information, information about what? Um, You know, all that stuff that goes, all the information, all the data, and all the like, like, trade craft. and Like which way to turn? Do they not give them maps at the start of the race? But Mercedes is scouted trade. well. I had to, yeah, apparently, yes. You're going to turn left, then right. Whoa. Uh, no, I think they know all that. Um, it's all the stuff about engines and how they manage to get little margins when they have to pass inspection and, and basically all fit certain parameters. Yeah, like the little things they do in order to be like an nth second faster because these guys are so good and what they do is so precise. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is super important in F1 and sometimes is the the sore spot in legal cases that sometimes involve like hundred million dollar fines and arrests. And when I say hundred million dollar fines, I mean hundred million dollar fines because that's the kind of money we're throwing around here. There was a famous case uh, involving Ferrari and a guy who worked there who he ended up getting a, like everybody ended up getting a hundred million dollars worth of fines over trade secrets that they managed to take from one team to another. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it it kind of matters. 
right? Secret information swaps and tech scandals You're are... Me it just means more? See? Another reason that F1 and college football are, like, way closer in terms of, like, basic DNA than one might think. And, I, and when I say lopsided, I mean the last 30 years, just, like, eight teams have won titles. So it's a lot like now, college football. Teams, we're rooting for companies here because as an American, I'm I, I, that speaks to me because when stock market goes up, that is you know my 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 heart soars. I feel great about rooting for companies. That's what happens here. <laughs> God, whoo, love me some brands. I love companies, is what it is. Yeah, so we're rooting. For, so teams are companies. Like uh, I saw Ford versus Ferrari. I saw that. Okay, so yeah, it's not like th that basic dynamic isn't too far off. We have all these races in order to show off how actually fast and awesome these cars are, and a lot of the teams have been around for quite a while. Uh, teams aren't necessarily organized around car companies. Uh, there are a couple of car companies that definitely do more than dabble and sponsor whole teams, like Mercedes and Ferrari, which Ferrari, by the way, do they wear the red? Of course they wear the red. Are they Italian as hell? Absolutely. Does the guy who uh, was the longtime manager for the Ferrari team look like a caricature of an Italian man? Like right down to some like huge glasses and like... I don't believe that one can be mildly Italian. No, I don't think it's... You don't go easy into it. It's just a hard turn or no turn at all. I don't think any such thing as a half-assed Italian. No. Like one of this the things... This is just a personal belief of mine. Please don't challenge it in any way. One of the great things, like if you want like your, your easy like runway instant runway into at least understanding and enjoying some of what f1 is about just go watch drive to survive on netflix there are two seasons of it first season has good access second season has great access and it confirms everything that you want to believe about f1 teams which is that if an f1 team is from a country it is 100 percent a caricature of everything you believe about that nationality right like the renault team the renault team is like we have the best lunch and they really do like, I ate a whole chicken and five pounds of butter for lunch. Then I take a three-hour nap. And then I work for two hours, and it is more beautiful and efficient than anything Americans have ever done. Yeah, that's, that's the French team. The German team is run by a guy who actually kind of sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like, we are very efficient. And you're like, please be more German. And he's like, I cannot. This is maximum German. Say tiny donkeys again. Tiny donkeys. Like, they're very 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 german right the british team um is the british team of williams past their prime like an aging empire being run by ever more ineffectual like leadership yeah yeah that's that's exactly what the british team is like so just enjoy all that ferrari they, they all just like mega super italian as hell it's beautiful so when I say teams, yeah, some of them are team. Some of them are like Williams; they're just sort of family teams. Some of them are like Ferrari or Mercedes. You know, thing to know is that yeah, Mercedes is going to win, and uh, like just ten drivers have won titles in ever the last thirty years. Oh, okay. So, um, how the, old is F one? Uh, F one dates back to whew, man. It depends on how you count it with all their their like ancestry, but like F one goes back to like the teens and twenties. Mm. It's very, very old. And yes, has had accidents that make NASCAR accidents look like uh, rehearsal. What do you mean? Oh, say the, the Le Mans disaster in, I believe, 1954, where uh, a car going about 150 miles an hour just rocketed into the stands like a plane and hit spectators. Oh. Uh, yeah, 
It's not good. I don't think they're supposed to do that. No, they're definitely not supposed to do that. Okay. Uh, like the last fatality in F1 proper, like in Formula One racing, was there in Senna. And after that, there was a whole lot of safety measures that came in and, and made things much safer. Before that, um, there's a sort of gradual downturn. But like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, there were people just dying on like international television all the time. And it was considered totally normal. It was considered just something that happened in races. And F1 didn't even pay for ambulances. That's the one reason, like... What? Yeah. What do you you mean didn't pay for ambulances? You just brought whatever you needed to bring, man. That was the idea in F1. Did you want to bring an ambulance? Cool. There were safety marshals. Sometimes they had fire extinguishers. But on the whole... (laughs) Is a safety marshal like a hall monitor? (laughs) Uh, the safety marshal would pretty much point to somebody burning to death in their car and go, <laughs> hey, yeah, that's this not safe. guy is burning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like yeah. you're sending out a fucking soccer physio to put out a car fire. <laughs> hey, spray, uh, the fi- spray the fire's hamstring. <laughs> the soccer physio might be able to help with a cut. A safety marshal was even less effective. Ryan, I got to tell you, uh, F1 safety marshal is a top tier voice for you. <laughs> My good, somebody should do something. He's trapped inside the burning car. I found it. Yeah, there is a documentary that I you can... I found the safety. The safety, it's over here. <laughs> it's not, not near there. the fire. Don't, no, don't go there. Yeah, it turns out if you, if you stay away from the cars, there's lots of safety. You should this get is... out of that car. <laughs> it's unsafe. I have a whole this bag is... of safety over here. <laughs> if I can give you, if I can give you the the super British take on safety in F one, Lotus Lotus was a force in the sport for a long time, like the car brand Lotus, and this was why Lotus figured out that if you made a car weigh less but didn't tone down the engine, the car would go faster. Hmm. Fascinating discovery, right? The British were like, "Oh, cheerio, brilliant, yes, right, cool," and they did really well. Uh, in I'll the die without telling my son I love him. <laughs> That's perfect. Just like my father did before me. Perfect British story. Like, Lotus had this long series of racers that were all described as the following, like, impossibly beautiful, noble British man who flew to his death in a Lotus car at Spa going 180 miles an hour because we made a car that weighed four pounds and put a 900-pound engine in it. Yeah, like, that... That was their big trick was, oh, we can do this. Not really considering like, oh, all of our drivers are, are dead. All of them, because that's what we did. Yeah. Go watch if you can find it. You have to kind of do a little internet foo to find it. But The Killer Years, which is a BBC documentary on F1 and the years where everybody was dying. Okay. The fact that that's the documentary title. The Killer Years. Yeah. Like dudes dying left and right at Sandvort. Like one of the big turning points was at Sandvoort in Holland, which is uh, kind of a cool track because it's it's done on um, it's like sand dunes, and uh, you kind of race in between them. It looks really cool on TV. Sandvoort, uh, a guy burned to death on international television, and the safety marshal with his big bag of safety just basically stood there and watched. And at that point, F1 kind of had an image problem because everyone else stay away, stay away from this man. <laughs> Yeah, he's on fire. It's very unsafe. Um, that was a big turning point for F1 because uh, dude just sat there and burned to death on, on international Boy, it's TV. a good thing the Texas boosters weren't in charge of F1 at the time. 
That's tradition to burn to death in your car. You'll appreciate it. That actually kind of was F1's argument. It was like, this is F1 racing. I'm sure that the Texas boosters would be happy to know that they are most uh, most easily equated to rich Belgians in uh, the historical sporting landscape. <laughs> I think you be job creators. Oh, I definitely don't. I said rich Belgians. Um, so it, it is lopsided scandal drama. Scandal and drama is a constant. And I mean between teammates. Like in 2006, Nelson Piquet crashed intentionally. Wait, this guy's name is Penalty Kicks? Yes, Nelson Piquet. That's a little too European for me. It is one of the most European names I can possibly imagine. Um, although followed up by his teammate, Ferdin Fernando Alonso. Uh, he crashed to give his teammate first place on the caution lap. Oh, I meant to ask, are there mononymic drivers uh, in F1 like in soccer? No, and I think that's probably a frontier we should explore. Mm -hmm. And I think it should be done with a British driver so we can just call him like... Larry. Fred. Larry. Gerald. Ned. Ned. <laughs> a Scottish driver named Ned would be the pinnacle of F1 achievement, right? Ned's oh, and it's Brian around the last turn. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Brian. The impossible pace. <laughs> The world's, oh. athlete, Brian. the world's richest athlete, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, like I, I would think Brazil would have done that by now, but like we haven't we haven't gotten that yet, right? And if we didn't get that with Ayrton Senna. The fuck's who, the hold up, Brazil? Yeah, which, by the way, on your, nat on your really basic F1 study guide, Definitely watch Senna because it's not only one of the best documentaries ever made, it's one of the best sports movies ever made. And if you don't cry, you are made of stone. It is beautiful. Um, and it's a great documentary about one of the greatest drivers to ever uh, take to the circuit. Teammates like teammate and teammate bickering and inter-team drama like Drive to Survive really does show all of this because they have great access. Drivers are constantly switching and there's really only so many seats. Right, you only have two guys on a team, and that's it. So there's fierce competition for all these slots, and a lot of the competition isn't politics, isn't necessarily performance based. A lot of it has to do with internal politics. See Lance Stroll getting a seat uh, on the team that his dad owns, and thus booting another driver out. I know I've been watching NASCAR for too long because I'm like, well, of course he got a seat on the team his dad owned. Have you been here? Yeah, yeah. That's no. It's 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 like I think NASCAR has a lot of good prep for mm -hmm. f1 because that dynamic is very very real but like if you watch drive to survive you'll also see um, max verstappen and daniel ricardo crashing each other out in 2018 which if you think crashing your teammate out is a big deal in nascar there's only two guys on a team at f1 if you crash your teammate <laughs> out the whole damn team goes out right and if they're running one two on the track or running right next to each other in consecutive positions uh, they're drivers. They don't often do rational things when confronted with competition, right? Um, but there's also things we talk about. We're talking about Texas boosters, right? Oh, surely ownership isn't prone to its own scandals. Incorrect. Uh, Force India's owner, Vijay Malia. That's an amazing name. Is that a team name? Yeah, Force India. Uh, he got in trouble with the Indian government for like all kinds of various like tax issues and the whole team went into bankruptcy mid-season 
and I believe 2018. You can see that on Drive to Survive. Uh, there's another driver. Sponsors? Oh, surely sponsors are like completely legitimate people. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, there is an energy drink called Rich Energy. What? <laughs> out of out of uh, Great Britain that has never produced uh, more than, I believe, 1,300 cans of the product and yet claims like a billion-dollar valuation. Yeah, they tried to sponsor a team and lasted like six seconds, right? And they bailed. So the team, English. So the team lost all of their... Yeah, the guy who runs it like has a gigantic beard and kind of looks like me. So I was like... Definitely don't trust that guy's finances. Um, so, yeah, management can be real bad. Management at the league level. Like, we talk about, like, oh, hey, college football has bad management. I don't know. Are they aligned with the British fascist movement? Because Max Mosley was involved Maybe. in F1 for a long time. Maybe. Yeah. And his dad was actually a fascist. And I'm not, I'm not making that up. That's not like, oh, yeah, sure, he was just conservative. No. He was a fascist and called himself that. And Max Mosley, who was head of the FIA for a long time, uh was the son of this avowed fascist. He had a scandal erupt that was a sex tape scandal where it was reported that he was engaging in Nazi sex acts. Now, well, when, let's talk about some clarification on these terms. When, when confronted with that, Max Mosley did not deny the tape, but said, can you please not call them Nazi sex acts? What? <laughs> yeah. Cause Which that's part like, is he objecting to? I'm, I, I'm, un I'm unclear on what's modifying what. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that, term. that, that, that. Uh, you know what? I don't think Max was either. I don't okay. think anyone was, and they just kind of backed away from it. So, like, between him and Bernie Eccleston, who for a long time was the head of Formula, he's not now, but it was the head of Formula One for a long time. Bernie Eccleston. Yeah, can you imagine, Yikes. like, when you think of like comically evil British people, and if I told you a guy named Bernie Eccleston was quoted in the press as saying Hitler was a leader who could get things done, yeah. Yeah, that was that was who was like a major mover in F one for a real long time. He's he's out of the paint now, by the way. So like you don't have to deal with him. But like for a while, does does he like college football? He would. I have a university home for him or two. Yeah, or two. <laughs> Get a couple. Yeah. Powerful booster, Bernie Eccleston. I like Bernie's ideas. Um, there's also this. You're into weird locales. We like weird locales, right? uh monaco monaco is cool as hell if you get a chance to watch one race watch monaco uh but yeah we go to azerbaijan we do bahrain austin brazil abu dhabi austin uh, austin that's where that's where the 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 grand prix usa is we had an organic segue into texas this whole time and you didn't tell us yeah didn't take it uh spa which is like one of the deadliest tracks in the history of of motor racing. Wait, it's called Spa. Spa in Belgium. That's where we get the name. Yeah. It's called Spa and it's scary. That's how they get you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You, you think it's a relax? You're like, oh, just a relaxing hot bath of a track. Nope. Nope. 9.3. The reduced version of it is much safer. The old version was a 9.3 mile long lap. 9.3 miles was one lap through trees in cars that sometimes turned into planes, right? <sighs> that's your sense of adventure. That's a lot. You know what? I feel like I've invested a lot in this, and I need a break in order to God bring us home and tell you it. about my favorite driver. But before I do that, I, I need a break in order to sort of, you know, let, let the seeds I've planted grow, if you will. Jason? The seeds that became those trees around the 9.3-mile track. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, if you too 
would like to invest in enough seeds to plant your own <laughs> F1 team and uh, defeat the fascists at F1, uh, acorns.com will join you in the fight against fascism. Uh, you simply start an account, acorns.com slash fullcast, uh, and you'll get yourself a little $5 starter boost toward uh, creating your own liberation fund. And how it works is you just slide a few bucks in it every now and then. I have it set to round up nickels and dimes from all my purchases and maybe kick in a few other dollars per week. Uh, and then all that goes into the investment market. You want me to explain the investment market? No. No, you got to pay extra for that. That's a whole other podcast. But uh, the line continues to go up. My retirement it's vacation age. vacation business school. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, my retirement age is still, whew, it's up there. We're going to be podcasting for a long time. But uh, Acorns will be with us the entire way, continuing to uh, inch us ever closer to that retirement number. And acorns.com slash fullcast can the start you forecast. off as well fumbling towards solvency <laughs> that's right like a number like a number of f1 teams we are fumbling towards solvency i really i really have one, one more thing to, to to sell you on by the way and that's the personalities because uh you get guys like max verstappen who max verstappen said this in a legendary press conference when he was uh Got in a tussle with Sebastian Ocon. Somebody asked him about it. And Max Verstappen, Mad Max Verstappen said, I don't have a lot to comment on that. Wait, wait, beat, beat, silence. And then he said, other than he was being a pussy. That was in the middle of his press conference in English. Max Verstappen. I don't have anything to say about that, but. That was the first off your man's a bitch of press conference tactics that wasn't even the most uh sort of risque offensive borderline thing he said because he did make a remark which i am not going to repeat uh that got him in trouble with the government of mongolia oh no yeah yeah so so yeah that so tends to go poorly yeah you know i find it pretty easy personally to go through my day without offending a number of governments yeah, yeah, he got the entire nation of Mongolia mad at him, which historically that's really not a great idea. Mm -mm. Um, the driver you may want to root for, Daniel Ricardo. Uh, I only say this because he's an Aussie who doesn't know how to stop cussing, and he drives the okay. three car. That does sound like us. Ooh, you know why he drives the three car? Because this F1 driver, y'all, grew up worshiping the True Throne. He grew up worshiping Dale. Oh, come on home, buddy. Yeah, Daniel Ricardo, Probably the most full-cast driver of all. Um, actually, he's the most full-cast driver by affiliation. Probably not by personality. I'm just going to throw you one Kimi Raikkonen. Y'all, Kimi Raikkonen, in his first international go-karting race when he was coming up as a youngster, uh, his steering wheel fell off. Did you say international go-karting race? Yes, that's this international You're karting. You're leaving out a sport that we might like a lot more. Yeah. International karting is how you get into this. That's how you become an F1 driver. You got to be international go-kart champion. They got age limits on this thing? So you're saying, you, now, you're saying Bowser is, could end up F1. <laughs> what Mario. is the circuit for international go-kart? I'm assuming it's not It's not all these, uh, all Moo -moo these Meadows. money laundering uh, city states. No, you actually get to race on like some, like there's real money in that. <laughs> so they do, do, do they do the same circuit? Like you got to do the 10 mile track in a go-kart? No, like no, you don't, you don't have to do spa. Yeah, you don't have to do the original spa course in a go-kart, although that would be that incredible. That would be amazing. 
Yeah. <laughs> but the tracks are there way nicer than, and then you just than wait one a might while. think. Um, but yeah, his steering wheel fell off uh, in the middle of his first race, which is a very thing. See, uh, I don't think cars should do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's there's an entire comedic skit about how you yeah. should build a car <laughs> where the steering wheel doesn't fall off while you're driving it. And that's a that is a a a skit and it was Kimi Raikkonen's life, his actual life that happened to him. Uh Kimi Raikkonen napped until an hour before his first F1 race, just dead asleep in the pits, ready to go. That seems healthy. In 2000 Kimi Raikkonen is Finnish, which really will explain a lot of his behavior here. Um Kimi Raikkonen missed Michael Schumacher, legendary F1 driver, uh, a big ceremony they were having with Pele, which is one of these like super international bullshit sporting glory moments where they're like, Pele, we'll give something to Michael Schumacher. And Kimi missed it. And he was the only driver who missed it. And the reporters caught up with him. They're like, Kimi, where were you when Michael Schumacher was getting a trophy from fucking Pele? And he's like, I was having a shit. Uh, in Monaco, his car caught fire, so he just climbed out of the car because his race was done, walked on the track during a caution lap and, and on the side of the track, walked to his yacht that was waiting for him, took off his fire suit, got shirtless, and began to drink with his boys with the cameras on him. Just like, fuck it. I'm done. He drove off the track and then during a 2012 race in Brazil and then drifted his car across grass back on it. He drifted an F1 car. Vibes. Yeah, I'm in seeing, order to get I'm on it. because one report here where his heat shield exploded and he had to retire uh, from a race. So he went straight to his nearby yacht, still in his racing That's... suit, and got his jacuzzi. <laughs> Yes, his jacuzzi on his yacht in full view of in full view of the cameras getting hammered. Right? So they're showing the race, which actually had some real drama in it, and every now and then they're flying back and going, Well, as you can see, there's Kimi completely trashed in a jacuzzi. Barry Switzer did this during a Cowboys game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can go find the footage. I'm sure it happened multiple times. It's probably a kiddie pool. Probably wasn't a jacuzzi. Yo, it's fine over here. But yeah, Kimi Raikkonen just took off the fire suit and started to get trashed because, you know, his day was done. Now Ki- I wish Floyd was still here to sing prone shot of my yacht. Oh, wait, there he is. Yeah. Floyd. Surely Kimi Raikkonen would be too much of a snob to race in anything other than F1. Incorrect. Kimi Raikkonen will race anything up to and including not NASCAR. No, the NASCAR truck series where he just. What? Yes. Where he showed up and among other things demanded his water bottle like every five laps. Where's my water bottle? <laughs> He's like. Driving a NASCAR truck. Even though it did sound like that. Like his pit crew would be like, hey, Kimi, you need to come in. He's like, where's my water? I need my passy. It's hot. I'm very parched. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen uh, also during when he was was given pit instructions from his very polite race managers in 2012 at Abu Dhabi. They're like, all right, Kimi, we need to keep good speed. You just need to keep doing this. Kimi said, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. On, again, on the air. He enters Finnish boat races uh, under the name James Hunt, who, uh, while wearing a gorilla suit, that's happened, and is the most quotable dude in the sport because uh, he has said the following. An interviewer um, once asked him, hey, Kimi, what happened in that crash? Kimi, I spun. Interviewer, and it was a bit of a disaster then for you and for a few others with the yellow flags. Kimi, I don't care what happened to the others. Kimi Raikkonen, when asked about his sponsor, Tag Heuer, 
the uh, the the watch company. What makes them special, Kimi? Kimi Raikkonen. It's okay. He's forty-one. He's still racing. He's an absolute goddamn lunatic. I love him so much. <laughs> what kind of racist is he? He's Finnish. He probably doesn't even know what other people are. Mm. 